With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? This is Phil. And this is Kira. Welcome to the How We Do It podcast. A marriage podcast about our story. Which we use to help couples better themselves. We use our podcast to help married couples navigate through their relationship. So grab a pen and pencil. Take a listen to the next episode of the how we, we do, do it, it podcast. podcast. Marriage done our way. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> there are people who listening that your family puts a lot on your shoulders specifically. My mom and them sick. Let them live with you. You don't want mama to stay with you, but she got to stay with me. You know what I mean? Or you the one that make the most money in the family. So so-and-so struggling, you need to help her. Why don't you let our brother live with you for a couple of days until he get on his feet? And it's like every time there's a need, people shoot all their important shit to you. And if you're a codependent, you'll feel like guilty if you say no. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the How We Do It podcast, featuring me, Kira, and I'm Phil. And this is episode number fifty-nine. Fifty-nine. Yep, we almost at sixty episodes. Dang. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited because um, we've been kind of doing a series. I wouldn't call it a series because each topic was different, but they all are relatable. We started out talking about emotionally detached parents and the effect that that has on a child once that child grows up and becomes an adult. Mm -hmm. And it's not a good effect. When your mom and dad is not there for you, that doesn't look out for you, doesn't give you the securement that you need as a child, it creates and opens up the door for a whole lot of wounds and issues. And then all of a sudden you find yourself can't stay in a relationship don't know if your friends are really your friends. A lot of self-doubt, a lot of negative talk. Uh, what we discussed last week on the podcast as a negative, uninvited, bad house guest. Right. Those negative thoughts that come in your head that just pop up out of nowhere. Right. This is all starting from, get this, infancy. Emotionally detached parents affect their child as early as an infant. And we talked about in the first uh um, emotionally detached parent podcast we talked about how they did a still face uh, exercise at Harvard University and the effect that it had on an infant for the mom to just have a completely cold still face mm -hmm. not show the baby any energy any emotion um, children are affected by the connection they have with their parents and we don't know it when we're raising our kids what we're instilling in them uh, what type of effects we're going to have on them when they are older. All we know is we're trying to do the best we can do. Mm -hmm. However, there are some things that if you educate yourself on, you can do a better job, you can raise better children, and they'll have a better outcome in as, as an adult when they are older. 
And that's what that episode was all about, emotionally detached parents. Then after that, we did a follow-up, which was codependency, which Mm -hmm. is the episode we did last week. Codependency is basically when you put other people's needs before yours on purpose because you are battling with insecurity, self-doubt, and all of these negatives of negative effects from being raised by an emotionally detached parent, all of a sudden you don't know how to value yourself. So every relationship you get, your value is based off of how well someone else receives you. So even if I'm with an abusive spouse, if I am in a relationship, I must have value because somebody wants me. Right. Even if I have a friend that never supports me, never looks out for me, never comes, you know, to my rescue, but I'm always looking out for them. I always got extra cash for them. I don't I don't care what time of night it is. I don't care how long I've been at work. If they need a ride, I'm there. Yeah, I'm always doing, doing, doing for everybody else. That is a codependent. You have a relationship where you are dependent upon the person you are in a relationship with to accept you. And all of this is a fear of being abandoned if you ever decide to love yourself. Mm. If you ever decide to do for yourself, you feel so, bad. Right, I just been to say that. So if you ever decide to put you first, you're going to feel guilty. Mm-hmm. You feel guilty. You feel like I'm being selfish. I'm a mean person. And codependency is a real huge problem because most people don't know how to recover from it. And not only that, even a bigger problem, they don't even know they're doing it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think, I just got a horrible spouse. I've been working with this person for years, and they would not do what I said. They would not try. They would not. They see I'm hurting. They see they hurting me, and I don't understand why they keep doing this. They're not doing it to you. You are inviting it mm-hmm. into your life. Mm-hmm. So today, what we're going to do, um, we are going to teach you five tips you can use to start recovering from codependency. If you are a codependent person, you are somebody who literally has been picking one after another, a one-sided relationship where you are the giver and they are the taker. So uh, my wife and I have been, you know, researching and studying and going over this because we've seen some of codependency in our own lives, you know, based off of past relationships and even some of the things we've done with our kids friends or family, and I'm pretty sure some of you all that's listening, you possibly have heard or seen some codependency within yourself. Some of y'all really are codependent, and this can help. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump right into the solutions of how to become uh, free from and how to recover from codependency. So uh, the first thing is, this is the key to codependency and recovering. Um... As your self-esteem improves, right, the codependent person will all of a sudden have the courage to challenge all their behavioral mistakes and negative childhood beliefs. So the it's like they have a wake up, like a light bulb go off. Mm-hmm. Because you got to think you've been doing something for so long, even if it hurts, you think it's normal. Mm-hmm. This is something that's been a part of your life since childhood. So the key is, as you start to, because most people who who suffer from codependent uh, has low self-esteem. And even if they don't want to admit it, they make decisions so that they don't ever challenge that. They make decisions where they safeguard that. So basically, here's what happens. If you are a codependent, you're somebody who have found a safe way to carry yourself where you don't rock the boat with anybody. Right. Nobody's going to ever get mad at you. Nobody's going to be disappointed at you. You can't let nobody down because I'm always doing what everybody wants. 
I'm always being what everybody needs me you to be. The, you, you are... Are you the yes man? Like you say yes to everything everybody mm-hmm. say or whatever? Yep. You're pretty much a yes man or yes woman. Uh... You 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 will go above and beyond. You're that friend that everybody comes to, and and they lean on your shoulder. Um, they tell you their sob stories. You you try to fix their problems. You come up with money. You try to you you create a GoFundMe for everybody. You're the person that is. I'll help you move, even though you dog tired and you've been at work all day. You're neglecting your own well being because you don't want to be rejected by other people. That's what that's what a codependent person does. And when they get into a marriage or a relationship, it's even worse because now you have taken vows. You said, I do. You've given your heart to somebody who don't deserve it, who don't know how to handle it, who's not uh, uh, respecting you, who's not honoring you. And you know that these things is happening, but you're so fearful of whatever took place in your childhood to to rear his ugly head in your adulthood, which is basically abandonment and all of that stuff and rejection, that you stay in these toxic relationships. So the key is to raise your self-esteem. This will give you the courage to challenge your unhealthy childhood behavior. Um, Another key point is be aware of when you're being a people pleaser. I just said that you're a yes man. Mm-hmm. Be aware of when you're being a people pleaser. This is a, a a great way to help you get the ball rolling. No, I'm not not knowing how to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. a lot of times, people feel like the word no is a is a cuss word. I used to be like that. Really? When I was younger, I felt like if I said no, I hurt their feelings. Mm. I've had people cuss me out for saying no. <laughs> what? Literally, I like when I was married to my ex. She had a cousin named Wanda. Um, Wanda. This was simple. Like, it wasn't even worth blowing up. I think I remember this story, but go ahead. We was we was leaving my mother-in-law's house, and we lived all the way on in the south suburbs. So it's about a 45-minute drive, one direction. I ain't going to say 45, probably about 25 to 30-minute drive, one direction. And she said, ooh, y'all getting ready to leave? Run me to 55th real quick. And, and and take me to the gas station so I can get some cigarettes. So wait, she wanted you to take her to the gas station and go back to where y'all was coming from? Or yeah, just... where where my mother-in-law lived, it wasn't far from the gas station, but I wasn't going back north. That's what I'm saying. She wanted, she wanted you to go to the station and then take her back to where y'all was leaving. And then you wanted... and then leave, right. Yeah. So I told her, I'm, I'm at, at the time, I'm loading kids in the car. I'm strapping them down in car seats and all of this stuff. So... I've already got my mindset on going, I'm going home. home. Now, mind you, it's other people in the house with a car that ain't going nowhere. They all sitting down smoking, playing cards, and drinking and stuff like that. So I'm like, just ask one of them. We finna go. Just run me up there real quick. I said, I'm not going in that direction. I'm going south. Right. And uh, I must have went in the house to get something, I don't know, a jacket or whatever, or a diaper bag or something. When I came out, it was literally people restraining her. And she was cussing, I'll stab you. I, I thought she had got into it with somebody else. <laughs> you didn't even know she was talking to me. I didn't know you. she was talking to me. So I'm walking down the stairs with the, whatever it was, diaper bag, and I'm going towards my car, and I hear, fuck you, Phil, fuck you. So that's when I stop, and I'm like, man, what's wrong with you? You act like you can't do nothing for nobody. Don't ever call me if you need me. And I'm like, 
I ain't never called what? you before. <laughs> it just, it caught me off guard. But because I said no, and, I, and it made me so mad, I said, I'm not finna run you to the store if you got five other people in there and everybody car just parked. I got a warm. But she figured just because you want you was finna go. I was already for the lead. It ain't gonna hurt you to do it. But I gotta warm my car up. You know what I'm saying? I've been outside warming the car. Up. I finally got the car warmed up. You know, so it could be nice temperature for the kids. And but stuff. I'm like, I'm like, y'all had three or four kids back then, and at the time you was married. So what was she gonna sit there anyway? I don't know. And I had a Chevy Cavalier. That's, I don't it's know a two door car. Oh, so what was she gonna sit at? Yep. And so. Uh, well that we, means y'all had four car seats in the back or booster seats or whatever. No, nah, we had, uh, I don't know if Juice was born yet. So we had uh, two booster seats and PJ was in the car seat. Okay, that was, what was she going to sit at? I don't know. Because <laughs> even in our car, we have two big car seats and Juice sitting in the middle. Ooh, ain't nobody going to sit right there. Mm-mm. Ain't no fourth person going to be right there. Mm-mm. And she, she really went off because I said no. This happened to me before. With my family. And this is why a lot of people are codependent because they don't want this reaction. They feel so bad. My mom, it was I don't like last minute stuff. But my sisters and them decided to, my mom was living in Indiana. They decided to travel two hours to Warsaw, Indiana from Chicago, two and a half hours, whatever it is, to go surprise my mama for something. And I always worked a job where I worked long hours. So I had made up in my mind, this weekend, I'm chilling. And so the day of, I started getting a flood of phone calls and voicemails. Where you at? Where you at? I don't even know what y'all talking about. So then um, people was like, Mom and them having a, uh, we have, we're having a surprise birthday party for Mama, and you the only one of her kids that don't show up. Blah, 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 blah. And, and, oh, no, that's not it. Never mind. And I, I said no, and it was a big issue. And I'm saying this. They did the same thing when you came down here when we first started um, Oh, for dating. my granddaddy's birthday? Uh-huh. uh-huh. You didn't even know he was having a party. Mm-mm. And they just started calling you the day you came down here. You was like, what? Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this because there are people who are listening that your family puts a lot on your shoulders specifically. My mom and them sick. Let them live with you. You don't want mama to stay with you, but she got to stay with me. Right. You know what I mean? Or you the one that make the most money in the family. So so-and-so struggling, you need to help her. Why don't you let our brother live with you for a couple of days until he get on his feet? And it's like every time there's a need, people shoot all their important shit to you. And if you're a codependent, you'll feel like guilty if you say no. So the average codependent will house people in their house. They'll get up and go to events. That's and- how my mama was. Every time she would always say, Beatty, which is my brother, he ain't staying with me no more because he don't want to help out or he don't want to go to work or whatever the case is, she'll end up putting him out. And she'll say, he ain't staying with us no more. Or, you know, I'm not letting him stay here no more. She'll always end up letting him do it, mm-hmm. you know, a couple years down the road or whenever he needed to stay with us for a while. Yep. And and, and people will do that. Like, they will run you to the into the ground. And all of a sudden, you look up and... You're exhausted, you you frustrated, and, and nobody's, they're not even praising you for it. And here's another thing. A lot of people pick jobs through codependency. You ever have a person that go to work, they work harder than everybody, they take on all the extra work, and the supervisors don't reward you for it, 
they put all of the, the lazy people's work on you. Whenever they know the lazy people going to leave or call off or not come to work, they'll call you and say, hey, we need you to work a double. We need you to stay late. Can you take over this project and that project? And, and you don't realize that this is a pattern that's following you for simply not putting yourself first. You have found a safe way to not rock the boat. You found a safe way to not uh, 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 piss off anybody. So the word no is not in your vocabulary. Even if you know you're tired, if you know you don't want to do it, I, I had a supervisor ask me one time, and it, it wouldn't really have bothered me if he had to ask me earlier in the shift, do you want to come in tomorrow on your off day? I would have had time to think about it, but he waited till I was getting ready to clock out, and he goes, uh, hey, listen, you want to come in tomorrow? The fellas need a couple of extra drivers, and um, you know we got a big project going uh, around 1 o'clock in the morning. So now here it is, 4, 30, 5 o'clock in the evening, and you trying to get me to come in in the morning. <laughs> you remember I told you in Juice of That, my job used to do that to me. I used to get out of work at 6 o'clock, mm-hmm. and then my manager would come and say, hey, Carol, do you want to work till 10? No, yeah, don't do that It'd be me. like 5.30. I'd be like, no, I get off in 30 minutes. Don't be asking me do I want to stay an extra four hours. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm going get off in 30 minutes, and he used to ask you want to work till 10? No. <laughs> and then, then you, mind you, it's the weekend, the day he asked me. It's Friday. So I know I got two days to recoup and then come back on Monday. And you wait till I'm clocking out to ask me, do you want to come in and, right. and work on your off day? Now, here's the crazy part. When we looked at the schedule that week, I was the, literally the only driver that had called off. Everybody else was like, I'm getting that overtime. I'm taking it. And then uh, they pulled me in the office. You know, man, we looked out for you. We let you take that day off to take your wife to the dentist. And it's how you do us. Some people will make you feel guilty for saying no for putting yourself first, for getting some rest, for recuperating. Right. And and, and it's a job. like this morning you woke up feeling funny because you working out these crazy hours. You need to get some sleep because mm-hmm. if not, you could damage some, damage your body. Mm-hmm. You, you, know you could damage a lot because you're not getting proper rest. So this is a problem for a lot of people. And the key is challenging your own self-esteem, like boosting it so that you can challenge these negative behaviors and problems that you've been doing. And 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 here's a unique thing I want people to understand, and then we're going to get into the tips. Once you are aware that you are a people pleaser, you can start working on it. The thing, the whole key is awareness. Once I'm aware that I'm doing something, then I can start working on it. Because here's the problem. You really don't want to be a people pleaser. You want to be a person who respects everyone, including right. yourself. I respect you, Mr. or Mrs., mom, dad, wife, brother, whatever, sister. But these are my principles. And if I'm in a good place, then I could be that person for you. I can help you. But if I'm dog tired, if I'm worn out, if my heart is broken, if I've been cheated on, if I'm trying to you know, clean up your stuff because you're an addict or you're an abuser. I'm doing wow. all of these. Yeah. How am I any good to you if I'm not taking care of right, myself of first? myself first, right. You know? So we're going to get into these tips. Five quick tips on how to recover from codependency so that you can start being aware of when you're making unhealthy decisions, number one. Number two, you can start correcting those decisions and boosting your self-esteem and and understanding your self-worth is way more valuable than anybody can give you credit for. So uh, I'm going to let you do number one. Yep. So number one is acceptance. You have to accept your relationship is not working the way that you were approaching it. 
You have to accept that your feelings matter and that you have needs as well. Also, you cannot fix what you don't accept is a problem. Wow. That's like a, a addict. If you don't accept the fact that you are a junkie or alcoholic, you can't fix it because you don't think nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says, so therefore you will perform the same behaviors while over and over again in the cycle until you accept that it needs to stop. Mm. Dang, I just said that in so many words. Codependent people don't want to be rejected. They already feel like their self-worth is not that great. Their self-esteem is low. Their confidence is low. Their anxiety is high. Their depression is probably through the roof. Their stress levels is probably off the chain because that's how they measure, you know, their life. So I need another person to tell me that I'm great, that I'm wonderful, that I'm valuable, that I'm beautiful, that I'm in shape, that I don't need to lose weight, that I I do make enough money, that I'm a great provider. All of these things that we want to be known for that's great. They need another person to say that. However, they find people who have problems that are visible, that are apparent. And what happens is if I am spending all of my time working on your shit, I don't have to deal with my negative thoughts because I'm busy fixing you. And if I fix you, then by default, that's got to make me a great person because look what I'm doing for this person. Right. But here's the thing. If you are a codependent person and this is the cycle you have, the average codependent person lives in denial. So they will never accept that I'm a codependent. That's why if you read, uh, if you go back to last week's podcast, we talked about when they minimize the relationship as an issue. You're in a codependent relationship. Oh, no, no, it ain't all that. You just don't understand her, man. She, you know what I'm saying? She been through a lot. Or, right. or he got a lot on his shoulders. Y'all my, don't know um, him like I do. My ex-friend used to be like that with her baby's father. Um, well, his mama abandoned him when he was younger. <clears throat> so she felt like she needed to like fix him, him or, something. or save him yeah he treated her any kind of way and it got to the point where he tried to treat me the same way and I used to cuss him out I'm like you're not finna talk to me like that or do me like you do her because first of all I don't have no emotional connection to you so I cuss you out mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying but she would just let him treat her any kind of way and slash her tires and you know do stupid stuff to her oh, and wow. she'll keep, yeah we, I remember plenty of times we'd be at the skating rink, come out the skating rink, and all her tires be fl- slashed, and we won't have no way home until the AAA truck come or something. Why would he do that, though? Because she was trying to move on. Like, when she tried to move on from him, he would always do something like that to her, and then she ended up going back to him. Hell no. If she, if she, if he saw that she, oh, she finna move on. She got a boyfriend or whatever. When she started going with that dude from New Jersey. Oh, yeah, yeah. When she started going with him... He slashed her tires one night and we was at Sparkles. Damn. Because he was with us. He had came down to go skating with us and he seen us at the skating rink with him. Her tires were slashed. We had to wait. We, we was outside by ourselves for like 2 in the morning waiting for Triple H truck to come. That's some bitch shit. Straight yeah, up. he would do her that's like some, that. That's some female shit. Yeah. I, I mean, I I know dudes do it, but that's stupid. Yeah, I seen plenty of times he treat, did her dirty. He would stop like trying to come and take care of the baby and stuff like that just to get back at her. Mm. And she would still deal with him, and she'll give him money or go see she go see his mama and help her mama get groceries, like help his mama get groceries. I'm like, what you get his mama groceries for? And he treating you like crap. Right, right. But that that goes back to codependency, being yep. with somebody who has an apparent issue, and and then 
I like one of the things that 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 you read when you said that um you will perform the same behaviors over and over again in a cycle until you accept that this needs to stop. What's that saying? That if you keep doing the same thing, that's a form of insanity? Oh, yeah. Insanity is doing the same thing over, over and over, and over again, again, expecting a different, the different result. Different result, yep. yeah. It, it, that's insane to do something unhealthy consistently and expect and and that's that's one of the things therapists have found out. Codependent people think that at some point my spouse is going to change. Wow, I was like that. I'm, I'm gonna keep working on on him, and he gonna get better. Yeah, he just, I'm just if he just I, need if a little I just more time. be the best wife ever and do everything he want me to do or everything I think he want me to do, he'll stop cheating on me. Mm-hmm. Or he'll stop staying out all night. Mm-mm, and it don't work like yeah, that. Yeah, I found myself like, you know how outspoken I am. I tell you how I feel. You tell me. You can always cut somebody out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I found myself not doing that, like becoming this meek, quiet person in order to make him happy or make him not be mad at me so he won't stay out all night or leave You know what home. is one of the greatest examples of a codependent relationship, Tina Turner and Ike Turner. Oh. Honey. When that movie came out. Yeah. She, you know, she have a new um documentary on um HBO and she goes into more detail about their relationship. Mm. And he did her. He did her terribly. Like, and it's, and it's so stupid because everybody around him knew what the heck was going on and they was all scared of him. Mm. He abused everybody. Wow. He just didn't hit everybody but he would like Stop paying people. Oh, you didn't see the right. You didn't see the right note. I'm finna dock your pay this, for this week. Ain't you ain't getting paid? Mm. Or yeah, well, they, they touched on that in the movie, but it's a two hour movie, so you can't put everything. Yeah, in Yeah, he was crazy to everybody. He just hit her. Mm. And then like, what made her stay with him? Cause she felt like I don't um, know. I'm not gonna leave you. I, I oh, I, I guess you're gonna. Cause leave she me said too. it. She everybody. He grew up in the South. Everybody abandoned him, so she didn't want to abandon him. Exactly. She wanted to stick next to him. That's cold Because he wanted to make it big, and they felt she felt like I owed it. She said I owed this to Ike because he finally made it big, so I have to be there for him and make sure he's keep mm-hmm. making it big. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang. A lot of people are in relationships right now where the person you're with has an apparent, very evident issue. And you are thinking that you are their therapist, you are their savior, you are their counselor, and you've been in this relationship for the last 20 plus years, five years, how, many, how long you've been with them, and they ain't getting better. But it goes back to what you read. When you don't accept that there's a problem, you will perform the same behavior That's over and crazy. over again in a cycle until you decide, you know what, this needs to stop. So you'll find yourself... At some point, numb your harangue. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid. But that saved her life, though. Yeah, she decided it, it she needed to She took control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, number two. The second, the first one is acceptance. Accepting that you have a problem. Number two. Evaluate the benefits of resetting yourself. So, here's the thing. Most codependent people fear abandonment or being alone. They mm-hmm. fear being rejected. So, they don't evaluate the pros and cons and the cause and effects of their choices with this person. Most of the time, they're in number one. They're denying and not accepting. But in order to start the path to recovery, you got to accept. Number two, you got to evaluate. And how do you evaluate? You want to identify the benefits and drawbacks of being in that relationship and you want to weigh them against the benefits and drawbacks of being single. You want to compare the pros and the cons and the, of the decisions you have been making in that relationship 
to protect your self-esteem and all the rejection and all the things that, that happened to you as a child to the pros and cons of the decision of being free and resetting yourself. So last week on the podcast, we talked about how you took some time to yourself. Yeah. You didn't jump out of that relationship with your husband and go right immediately into another relationship. You took some time to yourself. Now, there were some relationships eventually that came up, but it led but the, the But the first relationship after my divorce was like a rebound. It's always like that for a yeah. lot of people. I'm glad it was him and not somebody that was a really, really good guy. Why? Because you don't think you would have stayed with him? I don't, I don't I, you know, because my first boyfriend after my divorce, he turned out to be... Um, Crazy. Yeah, he wasn't physically abusive, but he was mentally abusive and he was jealous. So I, I'd rather for it to be somebody like him versus like meeting somebody like you and breaking your heart or something because you a good guy. But oh, okay. I can't fully give you my all because I'm just getting over a five-year marriage. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people don't do that. And so you, th- what I just read is exactly what you did. You weighed the pros and cons. The pros and cons of resetting. And a lot of people are so afraid to be alone that that is one of the biggest fears of a person that has codependency that they don't want to reset. Because reset means you got to go back to, drum roll please, mm-hmm. shadow work. Yeah. The, the emotional trauma that you had in the shadows that you don't want to deal with. And your healing is right there. Just go and deal with your shadow stuff. A lot of people don't want to do that. Mm. I, I don't like the way I feel when I think about how me and my mama relationship was. I get angry and I don't feel like being mad today, so I'm not going to deal with it. But you're going to go home to this dude you argue with. Y'all can't even have a five-minute conversation. conversation. Without, yeah. yeah. Without and arguing. that's how me and him was. I remember one time we had went to Dunkin' Donuts because in New Jersey, I think I may have told the story before, I don't know. But in New Jersey, it's a Dunkin' Donuts literally on every... You know how in the South, it's a church on every corner. Mm-hmm. It's a Dunkin'. If you ever go up there... You will see, like, damn, they must really love Dunkin' Donuts up here. So, anyway, we used to go to Dunkin' Donuts by our house because we didn't have Wi-Fi, so we were going to use their Wi-Fi. And so, um, the guy, I said, you know, I want a blueberry muffin. The guy, the cashier, um, I said, I just want a blueberry muffin. And everybody tell me I'm country. I don't know. But the, the, the cashier. You don't, you don't sound country to you when you talk? If I say serve stuff, I'm, I'm like, talking about not, not, not if you hear yourself. I'm saying, like, if you talk and you don't feel like, oh, I sound country. No. Okay. Yeah, so I decided I wanted to get me a blueberry muffin while we work on the computer or whatever. And um, the cashier was like, where you from? I said, oh, I'm from um Georgia. I, he said, oh, yeah, because you, I hear your accent. He said, yeah, I have family in South Carolina. And it turned out he had an accent, too, but it was from the South. Mm-hmm. He had, he moved up to New Jersey with his aunt or something. I don't know. But anyway, I smiled and whatever. He wasn't trying to holler at me or nothing because he could clearly see I'm at the table with Another somebody. Because yeah. when nobody in the restaurant, and people don't sit in Dunkin' Donuts often. They just go get their stuff and leave. We was the only ones in there. So when I sat down, this fool going to ask me, why was you smiling at him? Like, what? He was, we was having a conversation. Like, he was jealous. Mm. I remember one time I was on the phone with my ex brother in law, my ex husband brother. Why are you still talking to them? You ain't married to him no more, so why are you talking to his brother? Just jealous. Mm. And we literally, I literally had just came back to New Jersey from coming back home to see my mama. And I literally had just came back to New Jersey like yesterday, and we was already arguing because I was on the phone with Thomas. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I ain't even been back 24 hours and you already arguing with me because 
I was talking to my friend who I've been knowing since I was 16. Right. You know but what see, I'm saying? But see, that's the thing. When people have codependency and they don't evaluate, you find yourself, like you said, they don't. if you don't accept it, you keep doing the same behavior in the cycle. You don't evaluate what is the pros and cons because you're so busy focusing on the need of your significant other that you put yourself in a position to where... I don't want to be abandoned. I don't want to be alone. It hurts. It's so sad. You're hurting now. You're arguing all the time. You fighting all the time. You, like, when I was with my, I, I don't want to call her a rebound, but I guess that's what it was when I was with. Uh, I always feel like the first relationship, well, if you, I if guess you, it was. If you be with somebody a long time, married or five or six years or whatever, mm. anytime y'all break up and you go with somebody soon after, I feel like it's a rebound. Okay, so then I guess this was a rebound. We broke up on and off. And every time we broke up, she broke up with me. And I had never been in a relationship like that because I'm not an argumentative person. I'm loud when when I argue. But I don't (laughs) argue with somebody every day about the same thing and all that other stuff. So um, when I realized that this was happening, I saw, I evaluated the cycle. And the last time she broke up with me, I told her, I said, you know what? Let's just stay broken up because this is going to happen again. Right. I don't have the answers for why it was happening before. I don't have the solution. So I know we're going to do this again. I'm going to say or do something. And you're going to like I, I told you this before. She she called me in the room and asked me this question was like, let me ask you a question. And I, I just I need you to be honest with me. And I was like, OK, are you in love with me or do you just love me? I need to know. <laughs> right. And I, I was like, that. what? And then when I said, I love you, but I'm not going to say I'm in love. Okay, that's what I thought. And we would break up. Then all but of a sudden, you can't control how somebody else feels. Like, people fall in love at a different time. They don't fall in love just because you in love. Hell. Well, I mean, that's the way she saw it. But you was in love with me, though. <laughs> I was in love with you before I even really got a chance to know you. So, you know, it, it just goes to show that if you do not evaluate the cycles, the 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 what is the pros of being with this person and staying in this relationship? You're gonna get your ego stroke, pretty much. You're gonna lie to yourself and make yourself believe you're a good person based off of dealing with somebody else's crap, not based off of the truth that you have value, you have all of these other great things to offer that is buried because I'm always focused on somebody else. But then there's cons. I'm stressed. Frustrated. Yeah. I'm not getting treated right. Yeah. They're not respecting me. Yeah. You know. That was me. I, I went through a lot, but you know, my first marriage taught me what I always say this. My first marriage taught me what I taught me what I knew I didn't want to put up with. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I was with him for five or six months and I was like, you know what? He ain't my husband. I'm not obligated to stay up here in this foreign place. I love New York and New Jersey, but that wasn't my home. I didn't feel like Maybe if he was like you, I would have felt comfortable. Like I was in Chicago with you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you mistreat me. You don't even want to buy groceries. You know what I'm saying? No. I'm going to work and spending up my paycheck buying groceries and you make more, more money than me. No. Mm-hmm. I'm about to go. Mm-hmm. I got to deal with this. Yep. I'm hungry. You know I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so um, number three is understand and become familiar with your codependent patterns and responses. So you have to know when you are behaving in a codependent way and no longer are considering your own feelings or well-being. And also observe yourself in relationships. 
Notice your body's response to your emotions, your thoughts, and your feelings. Let them show you the truth about how your relationship is really going. Wow. Are you receiving the same energy you are putting into your relationship from your significant other? Mm. So with this one, number three, understand and become familiar with your codependent patterns. Your brain, your emotions, and your bodily sensation has a response to every emotional event you go through. There's a certain way you feel when you are about to go see somebody you you like say for an example Mike Jack is in town oh and, oh yeah that's my bro right there and Mike Jack and Tariq is in town and Tariq got his jump rope and y'all <laughs> y'all getting ready to meet up at one of the skating <laughs> rinks you are going to have a sensational response you had to bring to, up Tariq's jump rope <laughs> because you've been jump roping a lot you know yeah, and me Tariq and him is one of being you know telling you about it yeah but let's say your brother's coming to town and you have an excitement about that or let's say we've been gone out of town. We had a great weekend, but you're on your way home and the babies is waiting on you. you I'd e- be happy. There's an emotional response. And not only there's an emotional response, but if you pay attention, there's a physical response. You feel something in your body. The closer you get, you start, start to... Start beating yeah, fast or something. Something happens. And you start to anticipate hearing your baby's voice. Mommy, 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 hey, and all that stuff. be like, hi, mama. <laughs> you remember that night we came home from somewhere and Noah was in the boys' room dancing when he saw me? Oh, I had taught my yoga class. Yeah. And so, when he came home, he was juking on the side of the bed. Yeah. <laughs> so when when stuff like that happens, there's a physical response that you have. It also happens when something bad happens. Yeah. If you did something at your job and you feel like, oh, man. You're going to be nervous. I'm going to get rolled up. Right. You're going to have an emotional and a physical response. It's a pattern of behavior. So be aware of this pattern of behavior and let your body tell you, let your emotions tell you how happy am I? How fulfilled and satisfied am I? How safe do I feel? How good do I feel going home to this relationship every day, night in and night out, day in and day out, dealing with the fact that I am never going to receive from my spouse the energy that I'm giving them. Wow. Yeah. And so this is another way for you to start recovering from codependency because once you become aware that I'm not happy, I'm stressing, like my back is killing me or my my chest is tight or my breathing is short. Whatever sensation that your body responds to, I'm tensed or I've been having a migraine for the longest. I used to get heart palpitations when I was stressed out. I get heartburn, like gas in my stomach when I get stressed. I know when I'm stressed because it's like I can't, I feel hot all the time. I can't cool off. Mm, I ain't know that. Yeah. I know you get gas when you mm-hmm. get stressed, but I ain't know you feel hot. Like, I remember when I first started learning how to cut hair, and I was in barber college, and one of the things I didn't like about my barber college was they didn't teach me how to cut. They taught me how to pass the state board. I, I was getting a 99, 100 on all my trichology, all my tests, all that stuff. I've always been smart when it comes to something I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say everything because when I was in school, there was a lot of stuff I wasn't interested in. So I, I got a D, I got a D. Right. But I like cutting hair. So I was like, all right, I, 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 I aced all of the, the, the written stuff. When I got on the floor, I'm like, all right, let's go. Show me how to make my fade look like that. So you didn't know how to cut hair when you went to school? Mm-mm. Oh, so you know how, so so how you learn then if they want to teach Basically, you? Basically, what they taught me was you just have to cut hair. 
Cause you real good now. And they was like, oh, you just got to cut here. And they trying to be clean, boy. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, but that doesn't teach me how to fade and. Like, this dude got a fro. How do I make his fro I guess look like the picture? I guess because when most people go to um, cosmetology school, they already know how to do hair. Like, my brother, mm-hmm. he was born knowing how to cut hair. And he would cut hair outside for people in the neighborhood at my grandma's house. And he never went to school for it. He yeah, some people is gifted. Yeah. I just didn't know the technique. And I remember there was this guy came in the barber college, and it was this dude, we called him Slim. He was a senior barber getting ready to graduate. Slim was a beast. Slim could draw in your head. Uh, Slim, he, he his specialty was doing like high top fades because at the time this was like 2009, 2010. Everybody started kind of rocking those hairstyles again, and uh, oh them them mullet, to play and stuff, yeah. yeah. So it was like he was he was a beast at it, and his and it, his lining like my linings was crispy, not mullets, mohawks, but uh, my. I wanted to get my hair to fade, to blend, to look blurry. I, that's what I was trying to figure out. How you get that? And they had this dude who would come in and sit in a slim chair. Slim had graduated. He did. And so, but he would come and sit at the college with us and just chill. And so, one of the people who came in to get their hair cut by him all the time came and sat in my chair. And he had a fro. And I was like, I don't know how to shape this. I don't know how to freehand like he's doing. And uh, I got nervous and I got hot. Start sweating and stuff. Like, you know how people say, you know how people be on stage, they be sweating? Mm-hmm. So they pop, like, I literally, like, that's how I, when I'm stressed, I start getting hot. I know that feeling. I have the boo-boo when I get nervous. <laughs> that too, you know. Uh, so I was like, man, I, I I really don't like that feeling. Yeah. But if you're paying attention to your bodily sensation. You'll know, what, you'll know the trigger. Right. You'll know that this is what this person is doing to me and it don't feel good. So another thing about uh, number three, educate yourself on what, how can I say this? What a healthy relationship is supposed to be. I heard, I heard two people say this. I had a conversation I had this morning and a conversation I had yesterday. And the conversation I had this morning, my big bro's son called me. And he was like, man, he need to lead by example. Blah, 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 blah. I was also listening to Brandon Marshall's spinoff podcast. He has a podcast called I Am Athlete, and then his, their wives, all of the mm-hmm. NFL player wives, has one called I Am Woman. So I was listening to that podcast, and they was all telling, uh, the men were telling their wives, we ain't had no example of what true love or a relationship looked like, da 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 that's no excuse. I was just thinking it ain't no excuse you because have to you can your educate own. yourself, yeah. you know. And that's a lot of people fail to do this. It's weird. We're going to a relationship with expectations of I'm going to be other, treated right. Right. The other person doing you a certain way. Yeah. You you got to do this for me. You got to do that for me. But what you gonna do? It ain't even necessarily that. It's just that. How do you know that that's going to make you happy? How do you know that what you expect them to do is a good, healthy relationship if you never educate yourself on what it looks like for both couples to do mutually for each other? What does... Because that's really what all arguments and relationships is about. You think I'm supposed to do something. You ain't never told me that that's what you're thinking. I think you're supposed to do something. I ain't never told you. This is just my understanding. I never sat down with you and said, let's educate ourselves on what a healthy mutual relationship looks like. And then we can both know when we're operating in a healthy way. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, 
I'm a codependent and I'm in this one-sided relationship, well, guess what? You need to educate yourself on what a codependent relationship looks like. What does an unhealthy one-sided relationship looks like that I am not benefiting? And so if you do this, now you can couple that information with your bodily sensations, with your thoughts. Like, what are you thinking about all the time? Are you thinking about your needs or are you constantly thinking about your spouse? Because <sighs> I'm going to tell you what most men do. And, and women, is this... This this statistic, and as this this, it's the way marriage is, is painted, and it's painted like you better keep that woman happy, do whatever it takes to please her. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah, that thing. And so what it does is it puts most men in the mindset that your feelings don't matter. Keep her happy, and you have peace. Or oh, it's cheaper to keep her because if you try to get rid of us, you're yeah. gonna take you for everything so you got. You, you automatically indirectly entering into a codependent relationship where it's all about your wife. And so I'll hear a lot of guys say, hey, bro, this is my wife. Let me hit you back. And they don't sound happy to talk to <laughs> Do you be like that? Yeah. <laughs> you, call, you call Tim. You can call DeAndre. Because most of the time when we on the phone, ask Tim, what are we doing on the phone? Y'all probably kicking and cockeyeing. Having a good time. And then all of a sudden, you just want your man to be on the phone with you. You really don't have nothing to talk about. You probably got the kids with you. you probably, we be talking. I mean, we talk, but we don't be talking about nothing that is like... Significant. Yeah. So... You and your friends don't either. It's like, we be having a ball is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> we be on the phone cracking up, laughing, being silly. Singing church hymns. Doing all kind of stuff. And in the midst of all of this chaos, my my phone will light up. Or, or you will hear DeAndre like, man, it's my wife. Let me hit you back. And you can hear the, the the excitement just leaving because if I don't answer this call, it's going to be hell to pay. If look, it, at, look at I ain't like that then. We don't answer the phone. I'm like, oh. No, if I don't answer the phone, you'll call me a couple of times and then you'll be like, I called you. And I'll be like, I'm sorry. I was on the phone with Tim. Or I was on, you know, whatever, whatever the case is. Um, you know, I got these kids here, so I be making I be making sure you be answering phones. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I know. And then that's too. It could be something. But there were times we used to go, when I was in Chicago, uh, we used to go to this army base. It was a, a, a gym upstairs. We used to play basketball. We'd be at the army base having a good time. And, and all of a sudden, somebody like, hey, bro, I'm gone. Like, man, you gone? We about to run another game. Yeah, man, I got to go check in with the wife. And it just doesn't sound like, uh, now, watch this. You out with your girls, and you having a good time, and your husband call. You pick up your phone, FaceTime, hey, boo, we kicking. You excited because when the husband calls, he's usually the one doing for you. You don't call me when I go out at all. I don't bother you because this, that's free time. <laughs> I, be, I be calling you. What you doing? I be supposed to be having fun. What you doing, boo? You be like, um, tell me dick right now. Like, what? <laughs> it's like most kids, I mean, most kids, most men, not every, I can't say all men, but most men, have to bend over backwards for their wife. Bro, what y'all doing? Well, we getting a section added on because my wife wanted to do blah, blah, blah. Well, my wife wanted, so we getting ready to go out of town. I got to get this because it's our anniversary. It's my wife's birthday, my wife's mother-in-law, my mother coming. So, you know, and, and all, it's like, we're not, okay, think about this. You know how a lot of the stuff you ask me to do and you be excited and I don't? Yeah. I'm just doing it because it makes my wife happy. He was like, babe, I know what we should do. We should get a cat treat. What you think about getting a cat treat? Wouldn't that be nice? I'm like, oh, I don't care. 
Is that what you want to get? That's you just give me money. <laughs> you just be like, go on and buy it. So it's like if you, if you want to get the cat tree, get the cat tree. If you you want, oh, okay, you want the, well, let me go find somebody to get new carpet because you want new carpet. It's, it's never mutually. It's always. You want new carpet too, Phil. No, hear what I'm saying. I'm not, don't, don't get lost in the carpet. I'm saying as a couple, the majority of the time, it's always one-sided because that's how it is. Now, you got women who do this, too. Girl, I got to cook. I got to go. I got I to go pick up the kids because he got a game night. Or he going to be at the gym, so I got to do blah, 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 blah. And you feel like this is my duty towards this person. And that's fine if it's mutual. But in a lot of relationships, the reason why the person sounds sad or, uh... When it's time to go do their duties, is because it's not coming back. Think about how many changes that has been made in our marriage that I requested and that you requested. There are a lot more of that is the woman requesting and the man just doing. Why? Because that's our mentality. We're told, take care of that woman. Put that woman first. You know what I mean? Even my dad told to take care of my mama before he died. Yeah, that's that's our mentality. So we feel like we got to answer the call. We got to provide. We got to we got to make it happen. She said she want to move. I well, my wife thinking about moving. So and I talked to Kareem when we went. We left the baby shower. He what, like yesterday. Uh, yesterday he's like, so how did it go? Um, with the house hunting, I said, well, I took my wife to this neighborhood she liked. I didn't even realize I said it until now, but that's what I was like. I took her to a neighborhood she I liked. I thought you liked what I like, though. I do like what you like, but I also like, you, you like know, them new established neighborhoods? I, no, I like those houses. But every time we go to a, a subdivision, you be like, uh-uh, I don't like this. So, but I'm saying you like them kind of subdivisions, the new ones? Some of them I've been to, yeah. Well, but, take me to some ones you like. But I, I never uh, considered it because I know how much you hate it. So I'm like, my wife like this. If you tell me, babe, I want to take you to this neighborhood, I like, I would have a more open mind to it. I but, did. I took you to uh, Union Grove, uh, where the racetrack is. I don't remember. Right down the street from my job. Because we built that subdivision. And I think I said I like that. And I was like, I like these these houses. I just know you don't you want a backyard. So... When, you want a backyard too, don't you? Heck yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so you know, I, I I already told him I was like, man, this is what this neighborhood my wife like. He's like, where what is it? I said, off off of Honey Creek. Oh, it's a bunch of big houses back there. I said, yeah, but it's this type of neighborhood, blah 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 blah. And it's just something as a man you're taught to do: keep your wife happy. But we don't realize when you do this to evaluate, how do I feel doing this? Do I feel good? Do I feel it's a burden? If you feel good doing it, then keep doing it. If you feel uh, more connected... If I don't I know please... why I just heard James Brown when you said feel good. <laughs> feel good? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> let's move on. Let's go to number four. Number four. We just now number four? Okay. Yeah. I think you have to read it this time. Oh, it's my turn? Yeah. Alright, number four is walk towards your feelings of fears and guilt. Mm, so what this scary. means is, I t- we talked about this before when you talk about your business. Fear is always standing in front of success. Most of the time, like you don't know no successful person that was comfortable just running towards success. Right. They had to come across something they never did before. Uh, 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 I wonder if Michael Jackson never got scared. I'm pretty sure he had. Because he did so much amazing stuff. Y'all know I love MJ, so that's why I use him in a lot of, of my examples. But I wonder if he ever was, like, scared, like, to put out Thriller or Off the Wall to see. Mm, if he's a perfectionist, he was scared. Wow. Because you don't want it to be crap. 
Yeah. You know, but success is always behind fear. And, and the reason why is because to do something successful, you got to do something you ain't never done before. And if you do something you ain't never done before, you're going to be fearful that it's going to mess up, that it's going to fall apart, that you ain't going to look right, you're going to be embarrassed, something of that nature. But in the case of codependency, people who have codependency or suffer from codependency, they fear that loving themselves or they have guilt that saying no to others and putting themselves first is going to leave them abandoned, rejected, and alone. Yeah. I felt like that. And I, and, that, and, and that, that makes a lot of sense because you feel like if I stand up for myself or tell him how I feel, I'm just this is just this, this is just my feelings. Like if I tell him how I feel, I don't like this. You need to do this and this because I feel like you doing this to me. I don't like it or whatever. He gonna leave me, mm. you know what I'm saying? Or he, you know, whatever. Or he'll reject you. Yeah. You know, like how I remember when we was having our issues during the postpartum, it was a lot of stuff you didn't tell me for fear of rejection. I didn't feel like arguing. I know you weren't gonna listen to me. You gonna reject the idea, so I just didn't say nothing. Mm, and it made it worse because and I was made holding all that stuff in. But the breakthrough is on the other side of that fear. So if you fear something, turn in the direction of your fear, walk towards it, and walk right into it. I know you finna get mad at me. Or I don't know how you're gonna act, but I need to talk to you about blah, 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 blah. And go right into it. And and if you really wanna recover and start your recovery from codependency, you wanna walk towards your fear of, you know, feeling like if I stand up for myself, if I love myself, that I'm gonna be left. Or if I say no or I put my needs first, that I'm gonna be selfish. So here's the thing. Codependent people fear that giving themselves the love that they deserve because they believe <clears throat> codependent codependent people fear codependent people fear that giving themselves the love they deserve is going to cause them to be abandoned because they believe that they must be what everybody else needs. Mm. And in order to not be abandoned or or be rejected, I always got to do what somebody is telling me to do or asking me to do. However, the codependent person should embrace being uncomfortable, that uncomfortable feeling of feeling fearful that I'm showing myself self-love instead of doing for him or, or for all the kids or, or or doing for all the co-workers or whatever your codependent relationship is. Um, that uncomfortable feeling of saying no to others and being kind to yourself as this will be the beginning of the breaking point uh, of breaking those negative cycles that you have created since you was a child. So when you walk towards your fears, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's just, just as naturally is. It's going to be uncomfortable, but you got to know that this is the recovery. I mean, the beginning of recovery It's you've made yourself comfortable hiding your, your feelings in the shadows and putting somebody else's needs before yours. Mm -hmm. So, in order for you to start recovery from codependency, you got to say, you know what? No, I don't want to go. No, I'm not coming. No, I don't have any money. Or even if you have any money, here's even... I just don't want to go because I don't want to. No, I don't want to give you any money. Oh, that's, that's, that's hard for a lot of people to say. You got money, but you don't want to give me some? What kind of sister are you? Blah, 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 blah. I'm not helping you by coming to your aid every time you mess up and you mess up a lot. Now, I can teach you how to manage money, but I'm not going to keep giving to you. Right. But you know what? People will respect you 
because they then know. Then they're like, well, I ain't finna ask Phil because he you gotta go. tell me no. There you go. I can't do them like that. But if you always like, well, I, let me see how much I got. I got. I got a couple of dollars. You know what I mean? Like, you ever had this conversation? I think we have. If you became rich, how much money would you give your family? And then you start naming. I'm we giving my mama this. We always have that conversation because you said you ain't giving him no money. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I'm going to tell you why. Because if you are wealthy and you start giving away money just because you are wealthy, the person that you give it to, if they don't have the mindset to take they that gonna money. They're going to spend it all and want they, some more. Yeah, they're going to come back. And so now you become a person who's funding somebody as, as opposed to helping You're them. You're a personal sponsor. Yep, like Steve Harvey said, if a man is hungry, yeah, I can give you a fish sandwich. But if I teach you how to fish, you'll never go hungry. There you go. Because you know how to fish it yourself. Get, not fish it, but you know. You can fish it and yourself. Get, you can get yeah. it anytime you want to. Yep. So in the last one, y'all, because I'm hungry, is understand that your recovery is a process. Ooh, that, that triggered me right there because I be... I be down. Trying to make it happen right I be right hard away. on myself, yeah. Yeah. Doing your recovery, be kind and patient to yourself and allow the recovery to happen. Don't force it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that spoke to me right there because I, I know I'm hard on myself when I can't fix myself. When I, you know how I feel like I need to be at a certain period of time. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's why when I was going through postpartum depression, I think the reason why I stay in it so long because I want her to come out of it. I want to feel normal again. Mm-hmm. I want to feel like myself. Yep. And, and and that's 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 hard for a lot of us because we know in the back of our mind, we know this ain't a good relationship. We know I'm not happy. We know I've been stressed out for I a long time. I know I'm going to be married to him forever. Mm. I think I don't know if I had to give back then or something, but I just, just like I knew, I'm going to end up cussing his mom out. And I did. Yeah, it's just certain stuff I said to myself, and it always came to pass because I just felt it. Mm. I I know, like, when it comes to you know being in a situation that you don't like, and whether you know it's coming or not, you you start to get to a point where you like, I deserve better. And so when somebody comes along and say these are the steps to healing, these are the steps to getting better, the first thing we think is this gonna happen overnight, like. I, I haven't worked out in like a week or two because of my work schedule. But I have. But I know I'm not finna lose weight and get all cut up and stuff overnight. It's a process. I would love to though, honey. We all would. Remember when they came out with them goofy uh it was this 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 thing that you would put it on your abs and sit on the it couch. It shake. Yeah, and it's supposed to shake. They got one that shake your booty now. I seen it on um I don't know if it was YouTube or uh an ad on um Instagram, but you put it around your hips and it shake your butt. Oh, it shake your hips and stuff like that. It shake your stomach. I'm like, these people lazy as hell. Mm-hmm. Trying to get, hey, that's not lazy. I want results quick. So you got people who are doing something to make a process shorter. And it's always some kind of drawback to it because at, at one point, I think people was getting electric shock or something. It was mm, weird stuff that was happening. That. Yeah, with that that device that they was putting on their um, they uh, they abs. But here's the thing: if you spend ten years, five years, if you spend five months in a relationship with one person, don't expect to get over that person in in. And that and that was me as well. In two three days. And that's why people be having these rebound relationships because you rush yourself to get over them and you end up going with somebody, and it don't work out because you haven't given yourself time to heal from mm-hmm. it. Yep, you got to deal with that shadow work. I'm telling you, 
that's why, again, I say I'm proud of you for going back and, you know, restructuring your business because so many people need this. There's so many people that the pain, the thought, you're like Iana in the spiritual sense because Iana helps people deal with their pain. Whether they agree with her, whether they, you know, it's entertainment, whatever, she's helping them make the decisions to see, okay, the only way, it's like walking towards your fears. Uh, the only way for me to get to that healing on the other side is I have to go and deal with this stuff in my shadow. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, this was episode 50 now. We almost at episode 60. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to recap real quick. There are five tips we, we, we shared. And tip number one was acceptance. Just, you, you got to stop denying that there's a problem with your relationship. Once you accept it, then you can start making the changes to stop it. So that's number one. Number two was evaluate the benefits of resetting. Just what you talked about. Instead of jumping from one relationship to the next, give your Take chance yeah, to re- hit the reset button and clear all of this energy off for you. Do a cleanse. I wish I was doing spiritual battles back then. Boy, that would have been fine. Mm-hmm. See, that could be something else you add to your service. Yeah. You know, uh, you know learn to, to reset Number three was understand and become familiar with your codependent patterns and responses. What is your body telling you? What is your emotions telling you when you're in this relationship? Not only do that, but get get on Google. Get on YouTube. Go to classes. Buy books. Go to seminars. Find yourself on webinars, Zoom meetings, educating yourself on what is a healthy relationship. How does that look? How does that look when you customize it to your life? And what is a codependent relationship? How to recognize, oh, snap. You know, it's like if you're driving and, 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 and you don't recognize you're going the wrong way, you just keep going. Mm-hmm. And you'll never get to your destination because you're going completely in the wrong direction. You're like, bro, I've been driving for two hours. I ain't found your house. Dude, you, stand, you stayed 10 minutes up the street. <laughs> right. How you, how you drive for two hours? Because you're going the wrong way. But if you don't recognize I'm going the like wrong me way. Like me and retarded self was driving to Mississippi instead of North Carolina. Yeah, y'all took 20, but you went 20 west. And then you went all the way into Mississippi instead of 20 east into North Carolina. two hours for nothing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you want to educate yourself on what is a bad relationship so you can recognize I don't belong here and I need to change. Uh, and then... Um, Number four, walk towards your feelings of fear and guilt. That's That breakthrough is on the opposite side of that. If I feel funny saying no, if I feel shameful or fearful that if I don't support your habit, if I don't take you back, then I'm going to be by myself. On the up other side of that feeling of guilt and fear is your breakthrough. That's how you're going to start breaking that negative cycle. So walk towards that. And then number five, is your favorite one. Yeah. Understand that your recovery is a process. Mm-hmm. It's a process. You can't be hard on yourself. Yep. So those are your five tips to uh, recover from codependency. This has been episode 59. Uh, I'm happy we be, we're be doing this. Um, I shared a podcast episode with someone earlier, and they was like, thank you so much for sharing this. To listen to it? Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's what it's all that's about. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, my wife has been doing intuitive guidance readings for over a year, two years? Um, since 2019. So it's two years now. Yeah. You know, I've been doing them longer than that because I was using my pendulum for a long time since 2015. Okay. And I just started using tarot cards and stuff like that mm-hmm. in 2019. Yeah. So these guidance readings help people 
find out what's in the shadows. It gives people clarity about the decisions they're making, the relationships they're getting involved in, um, the jobs they're taking. I remember there, there's one lady, it was, I think it was a white lady, something was wrong with her knee, and she was... Oh, yeah, I need to... You, yeah. I, we're not even friends on Facebook, but I often think of her and wonder how she's doing. Yeah, she was avoiding... And she stay up in Conyers, too. Oh, okay, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. She was avoiding some kind of surgery because she was scared and... Spirit showed you that she needed to take the surgery, and she listened, and she was like, thank you so much. Oh, it's the best decision I've ever made in my life. And on your, like, if y'all go to Facebook, she has a business page. Is this still Kiriogini? It's Blue Lotus Sacred Healing Place. Kiryo- Blue Lotus Sacred Healing yeah, Place. Yeah, Kiriogini of Blue Lotus Sacred Healing Place. That's a long name. Okay. I know. Kiriogini. Maybe I should shorten it. Yeah, I think you should. Kiriogini of Blue Lotus Sacred Healing Place. Yeah. If you can remember that, write that down <laughs> or just replay this episode. But go check out those those uh, uh, those reviews. There's so many people who have yeah, been Yeah, I have getting... a lot of awesome reviews mm-hmm. from my loyal customers. Like, you don't need a reading every day. Like, no, because it's a... only to guide you. Yeah, you may need a reading once, maybe twice a year. And a lot of times, my repeat customers come every six months, every, mm-hmm. you know, to get a checkup. Yep. Yep. And the thing is, you have been helping so many people, uh, men and women. Um, I remember when Ken. Uh, oh yeah. He didn't even know. I he, gave him a reading. He didn't even know he was finna get one. I just felt like something was wrong with him when I seen his picture on Facebook. I just inboxed him. What's wrong with you? You going through divorce? He was like, How did you know that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then it's like with. PJ, when we found out his girl was pregnant, you had already saw her. I had a dream like two weeks prior. I was like, mm-hmm. is that girl over there pregnant? No, ma'am. He no was, one... She was pregnant when he said no, ma'am. He was pregnant when I first had, she was pregnant when I first had that dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so on Mother's Day, he decided to come over. Yes, ma'am. I had a dream the night pregnant. before and he came over the next day and you asked him and she said, and he said, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like people, th- let me say this for folks who are uneducated in what you do. Because there's a lot the Christian Christianity is the is the most um popular belief. And Christianity makes a lot of people believe that it's satanic. What I'm or, doing is witchcraft. Witchcraft. It's <laughs> I'll put it like this. It's something you are not familiar with. But they got prophets. No, no, no. But hear, hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. Because the same gift that you got, they like the prophets that they have now are not the prophets that they had in the Bible. The prophets they had in the Bible did what you did, mm. did what you do. So if you look at a prophet now who calls you up to the front of the church and rubs oil on you and tell you, I hear the spirit of the Lord saying, or I see is, is blah, blah, and all that. God told me to tell you that thing you've been praying for, that ain't prophecy. Yeah, because everybody pray for stuff. Hear, hear what I'm saying. Go read the book of Samuel. When, or is it Book of Kings? One or the other When I think it's Samuel, when Saul lost his sheep, his father lost his sheep, and read what the prophet said to him. I think the prophet Samuel said to Saul. I remember that story. He said, uh, you are not to go home. You are to stay here and do this and blah, blah, blah. And the sheep that your father is looking for has been found. But if you go this way, you're going to meet three men and these men. He gave them specific instructions, guidance, what you call guidance reading. Mm-hmm. He gave them specific instructions, and Saul became king and all of the stuff, and you know the story. Same thing happens when you give these people guidance. There's a person in your life that is doing so-and-so-and-so, and you work with them, and they did so-and-so. Who's that? 
Oh, that's blah, 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 blah. Okay, so Thursday, you and that person had a dispute, didn't you? Hey, how you know that? Okay, you <laughs> you know, and, and then you, you do whatever you do, and whatever spirit gives you, you say to them. It's the same thing. When when people in church get prophecies, when they say, I feel God, that ain't no prophet. You feel something. <laughs> that's not no prophecy. Why are you so crazy? Because here's, here's the thing. A prophecy is a warning or a, pre- a preparation for something to come. So if you tell me God said that thing is is worked out, what is that thing? Right, because like I said, everybody got issues. So if right. you say that thing, oh he, oh she talking about my house. Like you just speaking mm-hmm. vaguely. Like how do I know? You know what I'm saying? Somebody in here been praying for a financial blessing, and that's if you've been everybody. praying for a financial blessing, come down to the front. And then all everybody these, run to yeah, the, yeah, that's not that's not you're not preparing me for something. You're just taking a stab in the dark and see who responds to it. What you do is right on point. And and these people, I don't even know them. So it's not like I'm finna book a reading with Kira after I done told her all my business. Mm-hmm. So now I got to be like, well, you told me yesterday that so on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A lot of 99% of the people that book with me, I don't know them. They just find me through word of mouth or something. Mm-hmm. Like and, that one day when you used to do free readings on Friday night on Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I don't know how you knew because I don't know how your gift worked, but I was on live with y'all and all the y'all was on Facebook crying because she had a baby that died. She had miscarried. Mm-hmm. And all of these women was on there and you was telling her about her baby and, and somehow the baby had kept coming to her in a dream. You was like, the baby's comforting you to let you know something. And I was just sitting up here like in awe. It was a lady from China that came in contact with you, somebody from Africa. Mm-hmm. And it was like all of these women were seeking... Australia. Australia, I'm sorry. Seeking guidance because their shadow is full of emotional trauma. And, and I knew because the one girl from Australia, I couldn't read her because I was picking up... I. I was reading her, and I'm like, she said, no, that, that doesn't resonate with me. I'm like, who in the room with you? Your sister now, but you ain't she. She was like, yeah, how I know that? She in Australia. Right. So I had to read her offline uh, in the inbox message um, because she was in the room with somebody, so I told her to step by yourself because I was picking up on two energies. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this is the work that you do. And and like I, like I said, I'm proud of you for getting back into it. Uh, and really start your business. I got new cards last night. Chakra <laughs> cards too. So if anybody wants a reading for guidance, clarity, for healing, to start your shadow work, to stop procrastinating, to stop living in distress and anxiety and depression and all of these diff- different things, codependency, how do they book a reading with you so they can start their healing work? Um, book a reading with me on my site at www.bluelotusreadings.as.me. All right. And if you are... Got them new shirts. Yes, I do. And they they, they damn near gone. Yeah. So, Daltona Producer dropped some new Lion Dance t-shirts. Uh, I actually had to, to, to order some more because they damn near gone. You ordered some more already? Yeah, because I Dang. I need some bigger sizes for my I men. I had to take them to the post office Saturday, y'all. <laughs> so, listen, if you like to order your shirt, email your boy at Daltona. TP at Gmail your shirt size. Um, if you are, I, I, I'm waiting probably to Tuesday next week to get my small. So if you're looking to get a small, probably gonna be a little weight on that. And if you're a man, you're looking to get a 2X, it's gonna be a weight on that. But I think I got <laughs> some extra large left for women. 
I'm probably all out of larges. I'm not sure, but I got mediums and extra large left for women. I don't have any small. They pretty much gone. Um, I just got two people who just ordered today. So if you are into the line dance or you know somebody who is, tell them about your boy and pick you up a shirt. But in the meantime, in the between time, y'all go do y'all healing work. This is your boy, Phil. And Kira. We never did this before. Yeah, <laughs> we gonna mess up the flow. We out of here, y'all. I thought you was gonna let it ride. She gonna stop. You know we ain't never said this before. This is new. Hey, damn, you done messed it up. Sorry, it we just gonna see so, y'all on. It episode. sounded so corny. It didn't sound corny. It was going good. You, oh. you, you, okay. We out of here, y'all. We gonna see y'all on episode sixty. Peace out. Bye, y'all. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.